you know, yesterday I met, some, uh, talked to the lady on the phone, and she, the desire for home ownership, um, this was in Ohio, I got the lead through a friend of mine, um, her desire for home ownership was amazing. She, a year, she had some setbacks in her life, and she was telling me her story, and it was so you could, compelling, her story, that I was like, I have to help this lady. You know, I want to be a part of this story. And I even said it to her. I said, hey, I, I want to be a part of what you're doing here. This is why I'm in this business. And uh, you kind of get, you know, emotional about it. And if you feel for other people and you're really compelled to help them, you know, you want to. And you, you want to kind of share their dream is what I, I told her. I said, I really want to share that dream. And there's, I can't think of many other jobs where you, get, you really get to do that. You really get to do that. Hey everyone, welcome to the Key Seekers Podcast. I'm your host, Ramnik. I'm your co-host, Chad. We want to welcome you to the podcast. We are really excited about this project. Key Seekers International Group is a boutique real estate group brokered by HomeSmart, tailored and dedicated to service. And one thing we wanted to do is create a platform dedicated to highlighting and showcasing the integrity, inspiration, and potential of the people and businesses within our communities. Not only that, we also wanted to curate personal conversations and establish meaningful relationships that could add value to anyone listening that's seeking growth in their own pursuits to help accomplish their own goals. So welcome. And thanks for listening. Alex Pfeiffer. I'm with Guardian Mortgage, and my NMLS number is 630098. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, thanks thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. So... um, while you stepped out, we were just kind of chatting a little bit about sure. back in the day, <laughs> you know, the good old days. Yeah, right? it does feel like that because it was, it was back in the day. And I think that there's a, you know, we're, we're what, 10 years into this, 12 years into the cycle. Yeah. And a lot of people in our industry and whether it be investments or real estate don't know a down market. Right. It's up, up, up. And yep. we, when you've been doing this a long time, you've seen some down markets, you know, I, I used to chuckle when I was young back in the early 90s in this business and the old timers would come in and they'd say yeah oh, you hadn't seen anything yet you know they're 18 percent and 20 percent and you know everybody wants to say their story and I, I sort of feel like that old timer now because yeah. it, it is something and we can <laughs> yeah. talk about it you know the Dow hitting 7600 I think yeah. it was is yeah. the lowest. no and um, people don't understand that part of it and I mean I think that was part of you know it's it's we have such parallel experiences because you know um Alex is coming from the mortgage side of it, mm-hmm. but we were just talking about how, you know, I was prior with Merrill Lynch yeah. and then right during that crash is when B of A came in and cleaned us out, you know, like oh, yeah. certain people have to go, certain people can stay. Um, and then in that period, if you were a realtor, then you kind of understand how the market plays and how they're, how to seek business in a downturn market because there's always our opportunity it's just right now it's been so great for so long it's very easy to be a realtor and an agent and honestly a mortgage you could probably attest to that too that it's very easy to be in mortgage right now in in some ways in some ways i mean i think the the competitiveness of the marketplace they're with with any up market, there's always uh, a lot of people that are joining in yeah. all the time, especially yeah. with real estate. Yep. Mortgage is the same way. The barrier to entry is, is a little higher with the licensing and that sort of thing. Right. But the opportunity that's there and the upside to take the risk is there. And so for people that want to work, it's it's a great opportunity for them. Sure. Yeah. So do you want to kind of describe 
what got you into the mortgage industry. Yeah, you were kind of talking about it before. And yeah, it was. Think, well, you you had to trace back. Like oh, I don't know. Well, it, it's not to tell I, you my I, life. I could, I could tell you a little bit. I've I've heard it a few times. Yeah. Now, so yeah, unfortunately, I, it, it is one of those things where I, I have a. It's a long. I played college football at a minor university, which is actually a very good basketball school now, Butler University, in Indianapolis. And I, I was there for a year, and it business school was not for me, and I went out and, and uh, kind of went through the school of hard knocks for a year. I need, I'm one of those people that needs to go through some hard times just to figure it out. You yeah. know, say, hey, Dad, you know, I've, I've learned my lesson kind of thing. Right. And uh, so I came back, and I, I discovered I really like people. And mm-hmm. I ran into somebody. I took a class, and it was on psychology. And I ended up getting a psychology degree from Wright State University in Ohio. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, put my way through school. I, I, I worked at United Parcel Service at night, uh, loading trucks and drive during the day. And I'd, I'd be that guy that slept in the library um, at school. You know, I'd get 15 minutes here and five minutes there. I didn't really have a life at all. It was school and work. And when I, I, I got to the end of that, and they came to me and said, hey, you're going to be um, – taken care of for the rest of your life we're going to give you this route and you're going to go out and drive the truck and all that and and I thought wow that you know great job but not for me you know right, right. Um, I need something more exciting and I didn't have an out I didn't know what I wanted to do and some guy came to me that uh, about a month later and said hey I've got this thing we're doing mortgage and I want you to come down here and do this and rates had gone from like 10 to 10 percent this is the what 93 okay rates went from like 10 percent into the sevens and the sixes yeah so there you talk about easy times yeah. those are times where three percent difference in interest rate every single person you meet is absolutely refinancing with you without oh, yeah. question yes uh you know the one percent half percent what we're dealing with today is you know it's not compelling at certain, certain right. parts parts so um I didn't even know what mortgages was. I, there was no internet at the time, so I didn't. I couldn't Google it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and uh, so I showed up the first day, had my tie on, and uh, and started writing loans. They said, "Here, here's a phone, and here's a, a you know, here's a phone and a piece of paper. Uh, you know, if you get somebody, let us know." They gave me a list of people to call, and I just jumped into it with both feet. Um, I didn't understand at the time that they were a company that uh, was a broker, and they, you know. It, it, they did the best they could, but they weren't. I don't think anybody there, based on my experience today, really understood what they were doing. Right. Okay. Um, and so I graduated away from that. Sure. But it, it was a start where I really enjoyed people and then I wanted to help people. The psychology thing, I was going to go back and get my master's um, in either therapy or neuroscience. And I was kind of leaning towards therapy because I, I really wanted to help people. And I think that, that the job that exists today, as far as being a loan officer or maybe even a, a, a realtor, real estate agent, mm-hmm. the. It, it's a helping job. You gotta you really understand your client, really understand uh, what their needs are, and then try to fulfill and meet those needs based on a, you know, there's certain things that we can't do, right? Not can't yeah. help everybody, and it just feeds that personal, um, that drive, that motivation to to help. Right. And so I think that getting into this was about, um, you know, the helping part of it, and then yeah. the other side of it is is that I learn every day, and yeah. we were talking about that earlier. Uh, yep. The, the ability to learn every day and then impact somebody in a way and impact a family. Right. You know, yesterday I, I met some, uh, talked to a lady on the phone and she, the desire for home ownership, um, this was in Ohio. I, mm-hmm. I got the lead through a friend of mine. Um, her desire for home ownership was amazing. She, yeah. A year, she had some setbacks in her life and she was telling me her story and it was so you could, compelling her story that. I was like, I have to help this lady. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a part of this story. And I even said it to her. I said, hey, I, I want to be a part of what you're doing here. This is why I'm in this business. And uh, you kind of get, you know, emotional about it. And if you feel for other people and you're really compelled to help them, 
you know, you want to, and you, you want to kind of share their dream is what I, I told yeah. her. I said, I really want to share that dream. Yeah. And there's, I can't think of many other jobs where you get, you really get to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, just, just the way you talk, like you have a pretty, you have such a strong sense of service. And I think that, I think that's what you need to be really successful in this kind of industry in general, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. even as a realtor, definitely as a, in the mortgage industry, you're not doing just a loan. You end up being an integral part in their story financially, and then you learn a lot about what's going on in, in a person's life. Well, I think being emotionally invested in a lot of these is extremely beneficial because you really get to know the person themselves right? and get that really good feel as to what exactly they need and want as opposed to just staying by the numbers and staying hands-off, which is why I love Alex as a, as a lender mm-hmm. and writing mortgages. I recommend him to you know, my personal friends and family because I know how well he's going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So that means a lot to me. Mm. Well, I mean, that's that's important because, you know, Chad recommended uh, we have you on the podcast because um, we really want to bring on people that are like kind of a complimentary collaborative partner that we can see in them and highlight them in their own communities just so people understand a, a different side of them um, because you know in our profession people already program their mindset to perceive you in a certain way like if I say I'm a real estate broker then all of a sudden people are gonna just filter me in a certain way yeah so true. my goal is to and our goal in this podcast is mm-hmm. to kind of highlight people as who are they you know why are they in the industry what why do they love what they're doing and all those different things. So that's really in- interesting. Like, yeah. you know, you have the sense of service that we really like. Yeah, we want people yeah. to get to know, you know, not only what you do, but who you are as a person mm-hmm. and how much you actually care about them that when they come to you. It's not right. just about numbers or, hey, I want to get as many deals as I can get done. It's about how can I actually help these people get what they want and need without putting them in a position that's going to hurt them. Like, some, like a lot of lenders will do. And I know a lot of lenders will take on clients and, you know, give them the world just because they can. Right. I think the the word yes, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say yes to an agent rather or to an agent or any client. Yeah. And with the, the understanding that if I say no or I might push back a little bit or ask a few more questions to try to define what that client needs, um, I think that there's a fear out there. I've, I've trained a lot of loan officers and I think there's a fear out there in, in my own personal experience to say no to someone to say, yeah. Hey, you know what? I think we need to take a pause here. I think there's a, it, there's an honesty you have to have with yourself and a willingness to, to say, you know what? I may have lose an opportunity here, but I want to make sure I'm honest with the client and say, this is where we are today. This is, this is what I think we should do as, as an opinion. Here is how I can help you. Um, and it's not necessarily the word no, but it's the it's the over exaggeration of the yes. Right. Yes, I can do it. Not a problem. I you know Chad calls me and says I I have this client and and you look at it and you go oh, I really have to have it. Versus conversation would be, hey this one's really you know slam dunk. We you yeah know, they've got everything. I've already got all the W twos and pay stubs and they 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 qualify. Right. Versus the client that is really on the cusp. You know they maybe they have some things to work on. Maybe they're. Um, they're, they're on the fence about something and we need to make sure we understand what their needs are and then, and then uh, make sure they understand what they're purchasing, what they're trying to do. And it's not restricting anybody from credit. Mm-hmm. It's actually opening up uh, the opportunity and making sure that they understand what's available and what's, what the opportunity really is. And if, they, you know, if they're not ready for home ownership, having a conversation and saying, 
you know, I've always said that every single person walking out there, just about everybody, within two years of any problem that they currently have can become a homeowner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if they meet with a professional loan officer and they can sit down and we can talk to them, um, we can, you know, make them a homeowner. Mm. Uh, I have clients that I meet and in the past I've had agents say, oh, we have to do, you know, get something Mm. done for them today. They don't, but they don't have their assets arranged properly the way we need it in lending. Right. And assets are one of those things that really can be, uh, remedied in about 90 days mm-hmm. um, or less. And is, is there an opportunity where we can be honest with each other and say, okay, how do we make this a very successful transaction yeah. and really help this client um, rather than shoehorning them into the transaction and, and, you know, and getting it done. Now, that's not to say that there isn't times when you just need to be transactional and get things done. It's the, mm-hmm. the world is that way sometimes, right? People just want to move in and out of the, the grocery store line. Yep. I get that. And, you know, for me, I've always tried to, to ask those questions so that we can tailor the experience yes. to that client. Yeah. Um, and that, but that comes down to the agent, too. You know, it, it, some agents are transactional. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some relationships are just that way. And then others, you know, need to go a little deeper and some are in the middle. Yeah. And I think being a, a accommodative and listening to the to the client and that experience and trying to to bring yourself into that conversation and that experience is the best thing that we can all do. Mm. But, you know, like. You're coming from a lot of experience. Could you talk a little bit about your, you know, what you're seeing in the industry now versus, say, pre 08, 07? Yeah, it, the, the pre, the pre 08. We need a word for that, like we were talking about. Yeah, there yeah. needs to be yeah. like you know the, the the you know we have Black Friday, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and then we have the, you know the, the yeah. crash well, in twenty. It's just a bubble burst. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty yeah. much what everyone refers to. Pre pre bubble or something. Yeah. Pre bubble. Yeah. I mean, we're in the roaring twenties again. The, so the run up. You know, after watching it, getting into the business in 93 and then, yeah. you know, obviously being a part of the, the business all those years and then watching that run up, uh, there was a, a froth of, you know, that's the right way to put it, right? yeah. the exuberance yeah. yes. that Alan oh, Greenspan yeah. once said back yes. in the 90s about the stock market, um, th- that if I waited one day, I could lose out on thousands of dollars, right? And yeah. so that that kind of fed onto itself. And so as we, we ramped up into that, I think that there was a, an exuberance that happened with everyone. It's like if I miss, if I just you know miss this, yes. I'm going to miss out on on you know these huge gains and right. um, just like with any kind of you know whether it be the beanie baby bubble or the stock market bubble, there's this expectation that you know hey I'm going to miss out on it. Right. And I think that uh, the difference that we have as we've come out of this is that we went through a pause where people didn't think that they wanted home ownership, and I think there was a lot of uh, younger folks out there, and this is just my opinion, but I think that there's a lot of there was a lot of people out there that thought, you know what, I saw mom and dad or my aunt and uncle go through these horrible times with yeah. foreclosure and all this. I don't want anything to do with that. To where we are today, where I think the dream is there, um, and in, in people are coming out and saying, hey, I really want to buy a house, and they're they're facing the other side. And you can talk to this is oh, the yeah. is the opportunity when it comes to the amount of listings that are out there. And that's the challenge. Yeah, and we're you know down thirty percent from where we were last year just for listings available on the market at this time alone. Mm-hmm. We had about closer to eighteen thousand total right. in Arizona on the market. And we're down to like twelve. Right. So it's the inventory alone is you know well, well, just it's, depleted. It, it's interesting, like you know, millennials, Gen Z, I think is the next one, mm-hmm. and you know, the way they interpret what happened to their parents, mm-hmm. their aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, like, you know, once you've seen the matrix, you can't unsee it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they link a lot of the things that happened 
um, that led to, let's say, losing a house, losing a home, to housing Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. But there's so many different things to unpack in that type of kind of stored memory of what led people to that situation. Um, With an investment management background, you see like there's, yes, the housing market was crazy. You know, you were doing ninja loans, you know, Mm -hmm. no income, no job or assets, you know, like if you had a pulse, you got a loan, like let's go. All those flex rate mortgage loans. I I didn't participate in that to make it official. (laughs) (laughs) I worked for a company that would not allow us to do those types of things. But they were there. Made a point of it. There was absolutely that that existed. Yes. Um, I think every company offered some streamlined loans for high FICO score clients, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think the... Where I work, they had a very stringent strand standard where if you brought somebody in and they clearly had a job, um, you know, working at a, you know, fast, I don't want to pick on anybody, but yeah. fast food yeah. restaurant or yeah. something like that, and they said they made $400,000 a year, right. I think it would be unreasonable for right. anybody to assume that that would be okay and state that on an application. Right. Um, that actually was going on out there. Yeah. Uh, multiple, doing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I had a, a refinanced a client that uh, had three second homes on the same street. Oh, definition of a second home yeah. is for your in in a, in a area that's considered for your own personal enjoyment. Right, uh, you can't have a second home within the same vicinity. Right. If you're in the same city as your yeah. uh, owner occupied res- principal residence. So, the idea that you would have three on the same street was would be unreasonable. Right, that's the kind of exuberance that was going on where it was just throwing it up in there and nobody was really looking all that. No closely. one wanted to look. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, and I don't. I mean, think... I, I sense that at least on my end. Like, there's a lot of people that knew that oh, this doesn't. Yeah, I heard a term you know. the other day that was called normalcy bias. Right. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that that normalcy was what was happening is that as we were leading up to it and you come out of it, there was just a a complete lack of, of uh, being rational about anything. It was yeah. it was like, look, it's always been this way, it's always gonna go that way and it's always going to go up. Right. And I'm after all these years of doing loans and being in the business. I am very terrified of when people say the word always or never or yeah. any other kind oh, of yeah. absolute yeah. terms oh, yeah. because those things are, you know, we should take pause and yeah. say, that's not necessarily true. Tell, tell me about that farmer story, like where you felt like this is oh. it. This is, you know, you were kind of mentioning it off. off yeah, like, before the, yeah. so yeah. it was in uh, middle September uh, 2008. Yes. I'm in the, basically the middle of nowhere, eastern New Mexico, I'm talking to this rancher. And um, it was actually the farmhand, thinking back exactly, the rancher was standing there with us, but the the farmhand says to me, you know, what do you think about that Fannie Mae? And I literally mentally took a step back and was like, well, why would this person who probably, you know, I don't want to assume, he he might have been a millionaire for all I know, but the thing is, is that... It was a very odd conversation because we were just talking about cattle prices. Right. And, yeah, the rancher obviously was interested in the market for sure because of the cattle prices. But sure. at the same time, I just didn't expect that to, to hear the word Fannie Mae in that environment. And I, I think it showed the depth of the crisis and how broad it really came out into the into the national uh, psyche mm-hmm. and just how all of us were, were aware of it. I think the the off the offshoot of that is, is that I um, – saw a picture of it was uh, Barney Frank mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. and the, the administration from the Bush administration yeah. the from the Treasury and yeah. I forget yeah. his name John Snow I think it was 
And, uh, <laughs> but but the, the picture was startling because I'll never forget the image of it. They're all sitting around the table. And I think it was that Monday morning. Yeah, Hank and Paulson. I, and yeah. Hank Paulson. Yeah, yeah there yep, it was. Yep. And it, the, you can literally see that that might be something that, that every single person that, that wants to kind of eliminate that bias or that when they hear the word, hey, it's always going to be this way. To kind of alleviate and bring it back down to that humbleness that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Look at that picture and look at the faces of those folks. Right. They, there was a seriousness that you normally don't see out of very professional people that yes. are powerful that affect all of us. Right. And because they knew, they knew what they were facing. Right. We were facing a major consequence that I think that personally, in my opinion, that, that was like the 29 crash of October right. that reshaped our nation. Right. And that, that, those kind of moments are, uh, are things that we should always remember as we're making decisions. It's not to say, you know, I, I look at homeownership and, and I've had people get, you know, they're like, okay, I got now, 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 mm-hmm. I got it. I'm going to miss, miss yeah. out, right? Yeah. And really, when you think about it, the homeownership, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. Pe- there was a time in the country where people bought a home and they stayed in it forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, right. and there's certain parts of the country, maybe that still exists. And I think yeah. it exists. I think people are staying in their homes longer today. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I think I read something like uh, average home occupancy. It used to be like around like five years for a while, and yeah. now it's like like north of seven, eight now. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I've heard yeah. that too. Yeah. Is that, oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. And I I think that that, that longevity and being there is, is part of the – that reasonableness that I'm talking about is that, you know, instead of jumping into it, find a place that you really like where yeah. you want to raise a family or you right. want to, you know, live for a while and get to know your neighbors a little bit. There was a time when I moved here, my first home, I think I had, uh, it was in the Desert Ridge area for those of us that know, yeah. I don't know who's yeah. listening to the yeah. podcast, but yeah. those of us that know Phoenix and there was no Desert Ridge at the time. Right. Yeah. Sure. I had 18 different neighbors in the four neighbors, you know, one across the street on either side of me. And I didn't have anybody behind me. I had 18 different neighbors and they just came and go. I mean, oh, it was yeah. like being in an apartment complex. Yeah. But I actually was a homeowner. And right. Then I left, mm-hmm. and I, I'm in the house now. Well, the home I'm in now is I've been there for I don't know, 17 years now. Yeah. And and so I maybe I'm the same kind of way as that. But I've gotten to know my neighbors. Right. You know, and after the crash, that was a big change culturally for me, is to say, wow, these people aren't moving, and I I actually got to know them. We got to know each other, and it was. I'm from the Midwest, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of like that, where yeah. I kind of got to know the people around me. Um, the town I grew up in is next to an Air Force base, and so half of the people would move in and out all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other half were the people that are were still there. And I, I, I'm still in contact with uh, people there uh, to this day, my friends that were the, the, family, the families that lived there full time. The, the, yeah, the people that came and go with the Air Force, people that came and went. Yeah. So my, neighbors, my, my neighborhood's kind of like that right now. It's the, we've all, not everybody, but a lot of us have been there long enough that we've kind of known each other. We've seen our, the kids grow up. Right. And the, I think there's an experience when it comes to, to homeowners today that they're, they're, yes, they are staying there mm-hmm. longer, but at the same time, they're looking for that opportunity to, to build a community. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really missing a lot in our society today, but it's starting to come back a little bit. Yeah. I know in the neighborhood we live in right now, um, our whole community actually got together this New Year's and threw like a block party, rented a bounce house for any kids that would come out, invited everyone out. Right. Um, it was a great way for everyone to meet each other. And that all just started from us basically opening the driveway on Halloween and inviting everyone over and just hanging out basically in the driveway. So, And we had been there for almost a year mm-hmm. right? and never talked to a single neighbor until right. that moment. And now, how about now, that? Yeah, it's, and now we all know each other 
pretty well, actually. That's a great yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, and it's a, I think it's like a cultural thing because, and especially in our business as real estate agents and brokers, it's always a push and pull in terms of the conversation of, okay, how do we look at your purchase first? Is it like yeah. an investment deal? Is it like the best numbers? Like, you know, you want a good deal, but why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, is it for a job? Do you see yourself living there? All these different things. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. if you predicate that, you know, at least what I've done in, you know, my cl- with my clients is if you predicate it by like, okay, well, let's forget the numbers for a second. Where do you want to live mm-hmm. and why? It's like, oh, I want to be semi-close to my job, but all my friends are here. It's like, all right, that's a good start. Yeah. Let's community. Let's start there. Then let's talk about the best deal given your initial, you know, requirements in terms of what you would like to see in your in your living situation every day. Like your rate is one thing, you know, the number is one thing. And then how mortgages work, you know, people have this mentality like, oh, if I can get a slightly better price, then what does that mean? You know, it's just a, such a great deal. I'm like, dude, let's look at it in relativity. You know, mm-hmm. like, let, let me break down how mortgages work for you. You know, like if you bought over here and you're unhappy with your life every day because it's a little annoying versus here, what does that mean? It means $20 a month. Yeah, that's right. Stop freaking out. Do something for yourself that in the long run, you're going to be like, you know what? I wake up every day and I'm not annoyed of this backyard because I compromised because it was a better deal. Right. You know what I mean? So I like those kind of mentalities, like bringing that perspective to lending, to finance, to money. I think that's really important to have those kind of advisors around to kind of break it down in in relative to the context of the person. What does that mean? Mm. You know? Right. I I think that. And that's one of the big things in my my business is that the first thing anybody ever asks me is what's the rate? What's the rate? Yeah. Yep. And really, the rate is the it's the, really the last question. Right. And I I don't know if it's the last question. Maybe it's the fifth question yeah, or tenth right. or whatever. <laughs> or but the, it's certainly not it's the first. There, You're right. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's you know, where do I want to live? What do I what do I want yeah. to have? Um, yeah. You know, if the first question is is how much is this going to appreciate over the next you know six months? Right. I'm, you know, that's a different kind of conversation. Yeah. That's an investment conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus, hey, I want to, I want to have a place to live where I can, you know, join my community and some of the other things that, that people want, or you know, oh yeah, you know, put together with whatever it is. Maybe you need to be a leader to create the block party. Somebody had to say, hey, I want to do that. Yeah. But I always find it interesting that people want to talk about the interest rate, mm-hmm. and the interest rate being the question that yes, it's important. And yes, we all want to get a good get a good deal. I call it the the cocktail conversation. Right. Everybody wants to go to the cocktail party. Say, and I say, got that. I got the deal. Yeah, yeah. you know. And and the thing is, is that it, it's fun. I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody wants that. But at the same time, um, you know, there's more to the conversation. The 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 right loan, right? So we can all say most people take thirty year fixed rate loan, right? And uh, it, it's a great loan, and and most people should be in that loan, right? Because it's a, it's really a benefit that we as Americans have that nobody else in the world has thirty year rate, thirty year yeah. fixed rate financing. It's yeah. a, I'm talking about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Yeah, it is an offshoot of the the, the system that we have, and should, we should all enjoy it, appreciate that uh, opportunity. So thirty year fixed rate is great, and then the other things are is. As you're making those decisions, do you have somebody that's really looking out for you? Do you, I mean, what's important to you? You know, Guardian Mortgage, for example, we service the majority of our loans, meaning you make your payments to Guardian Mortgage, just like um, you would uh, what I consider the historical uh, reasoning that most people have of banks is I'm going to go into the bank and they're going to lend me money. And, you know, yes, that's kind of how it is. But then again, there's this whole thing that's happened with Fannie and Freddie and, and FHA and VA where there's the securities business that's behind it mm-hmm. and where we 
you know, create a global market, and that provides the opportunity we have to have 30-year fixed-rate financing at very, very low interest rates right. relative to what I think money is really worth over if, if we were to hold that money yeah. at the bank. Yeah. And so when people come to me and they say, well, i got to have the best rate, or they want the interest rate, but they haven't actually found the house yet. They're not in contract. Mm-hmm. We're not even close to closing. I kind of look at the interest rate and say it's more of a tool, right? right. It's what's available at that particular time. And the, the differences between payments might be $10 a month. But if that's all you're focused on, maybe you're going to miss out on picking the, oh, the right yeah. house or the right, right. school district right. or the right, you know, the things that are important to that like individual. Like every day, you know, and the people don't see it in that way because they're like, oh, what's the number, you yeah. know, right? right? So like, and, and I'm all about the number, don't get me wrong. I'm a registered investment advisor, you know, I'll break down risk management and everything, but there's context to it. Like, what are you giving up for 10 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month? And what does 20 bucks a month mean to you? If I said for 20 bucks a month, you can be right next to like the community you wanted to. For a guy making 150,000 a year, they're like, okay, let's do that. Yeah. But if you just said, well, this is a better deal price per square foot. And over here, you're, it's not a better deal. Then it's like, oh, well, I want the better deal. Right. right. So like, y- y- it's all about perspective and how you kind of how you rank your priorities and yeah. what you're looking for. It's all the yeah. subtle nuances that really go into the industry. Right. That people don't really understand coming up front and just those little steps that you have to take to. But really honestly, a lot of agents don't to. do that. No, they don't. No. Yeah. It, it, well, and the thing is, is that they get caught up in the same thing, which is, yep. hey, what's the rate? Yeah. And then they, you know, at the same uh, that's time. My, they that's don't my want, joke question yeah. to brokers and stuff. <laughs> oh, it is? I, I call them like, hey, what's the rate? You know, like yeah. just to oh, bug yeah. them, you know? Yeah, just, you know, it, yeah. And the thing is, like I said, it's an important thing, right? Because yeah. it's, yeah. it's an indicator of what's going on. Right. But the difference is between, you know, I, I always say that, you know, if you want the lowest interest rate, you can go out and shop around. Yeah. And you can find ultra, ultra low interest rates. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've heard the horror stories, right? And, you know, I look at as a professional being in this for as long as I have been, you know, I sell the guarantee, right? When an agent deals yeah. with me, and you can say, you know, because we've closed loans together, Chad. Yeah, yeah. That we close, you know, we do the things we're supposed to do. Um, we close on time, right? So oh, when, yeah. you're, when your moving truck is scheduled and you've told, your friends are taking off time from work and you've bought the beer and you got the pizzas ordered, that you're going to be able to move with your friends and have a good time and enjoy your new home. Right. Uh, I, that, to me, that's the number one most important thing in my business. I, I changed my career over that principle because I, I want that I wanted that experience to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there, there's always the life happens kind of thing. But, you know, for the most part, after I left the company I was with for many years, mm. I I have not had a problem closing on time because my I'm surrounded by professionals and and I ask the right questions and and we do a good job for our clients. That experience is to me is the most important thing as a professional is that yes, you know what? You can go out and search and find that extra eighth of a percent, right? The $12 right, right. a month. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the difference. Right. It's an example. Right. You know, maybe it's ten dollars a month yeah. or something that's different. It's like, well, but your experience with a professional loan p- person and a professional mm-hmm. loan officer has been referred by your real estate agent. Um, to me, is that experience is is very valuable. I you know I often relate it to you know again cocktail party kind of conversations where people say, you know they they share that 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 story. Yeah, you know, oh, I had this surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they always tell you, hey, they're the best at whatever they had going on with them. Of oh, course, yeah, they want to exactly. tell you the gory details yeah. about their situation. Right. But they always want to say, hey, they're the best in that business. Right. And I believe that professionals, 
uh, should get that benefit as well as yeah. real estate professionals, yeah. as uh, realtors or an investment advisor. Um, there are there are people out there that are transactional, and then there's other professionals that yes, we offer great value, but at the same time, the the value is based on the fact that hey, you know what, the interest rate. You know, if you want to get the low ball offer, that's the maybe off of some company. Right. I think you're take you're rolling the dice. Right. Um, on when it comes to service and, and the ability to follow up. Yeah. Uh, my clients, I, I like the fact that we do service our loans because my clients do call. I, I work with a lot of retirees and they do call and they, they want to do uh, loans, you know, a more personal basis. They want to speak to people. And, you know, there's, and I've often found, you know, I talk about retirees, but I've found that even the millennials and some, you know, as we categorize people, yeah. hate doing that. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that, yes, we have the technology and you can interact yep. with us with the technology. But when something goes down and they need, they need, they you, need a you human know, being. or they want yeah. to find out where, hey, did my payment make it over there? Yep. The first one, they call. Yep. And then yep. we, we, I get my servicing folks on the phone and we all have a conversation and say, yeah, this is what's going on. I, I, a good example of that would be I had a disabled veteran that uh, good example, mm. moving back further to what we talked earlier, uh, this gentleman, um, when I met him, was far away from home ownership. Mm-hmm. Came to me and and uh, and we, I looked at his credit and it was just not anywhere close. Oh yeah, he put the work in over a six month period. Came back, we got him pre-approved, closed in two months. He closes, disabled vet, did a VA loan for him, happy as a clam. He never thought he was gonna. He never been a homeowner, never used yeah. his VA benefits. And he just couldn't believe it. Every time I talked to him, he's just so ecstatic. Um, calls me up at the end of the year. He, he uh, the state where he is, he qualifies for VA benefits that uh, some taxation relief. Mm-hmm. Sure. And there was something that happened with the law and how they passed it. And he was a little confused. And I say, let's let me get my folks on the phone. I think you know maybe they'll know something about this. We, I talked to the lady up front that I've worked with quite a bit. Um, that's not a lot of problems, but the thing is, is that I had some questions that uh, of her, and I've gotten to know her. She got this other lady on the phone, um, and within five minutes, she knew exactly what was going on, what was happening, what the law change was, and how it impacted this client. Wow! And it yeah. it was a wow. That's exactly what I said too. Yeah. I was like, well, that's a that's one of those when you get a wow experience. Like you make one call, and it's all you had to make. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so that had so much peace of mind too yeah. for that client, knowing that you could answer those questions that quickly, or you seek could, seek yeah, the resource, find, right. find the resource yeah. that. So he knew he could count on you for anything else that came up. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that that's that follow-up that we have. And, and the fact that if you really care about people and you really want to be, be there for them and really help them, you're, you're going to have those follow-ups. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, the choice of company that I have and those choices about who the people I surround myself with mm-hmm. as far as my support people, when I find those wow experiences, I mean, it is amazing. And I, that client was so appreciative. And I look at it and I'm like, you know what? This is what I, I always talk about. You can't say to somebody, hey, don't, don't worry about the interest rate. Because the interest rate is everything, right? right? Yeah. That's what they understand. Yeah. And because I'm the same way. I go to the store, and I don't know anything about what you know necessarily what I'm buying. But I know I need to get this particular thing. I'm going to, mm. you know, I think there's a lot of people look at loans as sort of a tool. Yeah. And it, it's a mechanism to get what they want. But at the same time, when you look as, as a professional and you're in, in this and you see it every day, you really look at it and say, wow, you should pay attention to more than just the interest rate. Right. Um, you know, the other thing is, is the cost and mm-hmm. the, the, the reputation of the company. Yeah. And you know, I always talk about the CFPB was created. There's a list out there of, of where uh, consumers can, mm-hmm. are, can uh, put in their complaints and that right. sort of thing. Right. I think every person should know 
that that exists, and they should go out and look and do research on these companies that they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're doing business with. And because, the, again, the professionals that are doing it the right way, that really care about their clients, are really worried about their reputation. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a, a way out there to track and, and get to know uh, a business. Um, you know, the other thing is, is the local uh, real estate agent, the, the title companies. Those are the people I've always talked about is if you want to know about a loan officer, talk to a title company. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because right. the yeah. title companies know who's, who are closing on time, who get their docs to, to closing early that have right. that have clients that show up that thought they were getting one rate and they got another or yeah. were getting charged things they're not supposed to. Now, that, all that's supposed to be eliminated with yes. the, the new laws and uh, what they call TRID. Right. Um, but there's still some of those things I mean, that creep into the our gap business. of expectation yeah. right yeah you know, because i i think that you know the one thing is is that the we talked about this earlier the honesty of the of the, of the all parties involved if you're putting yourself in front of the client so that you can get the the commissions right and mm-hmm. this goes for all of us because mm-hmm. i you know i think that you're completely missing it um what this is all about right because it's not about the commissions the commissions no. come where where a good job has been done yes mm-hmm. and if you're not doing a good job, I think that you should not get the commissions, right? right. I mean, we I would all say agree. that. And I, we all know the examples that are out there where people are successful, even though we know, you know they're not really somebody who's really above board. Yeah. But I look at that, and I'm, to me, I want to be better than that. I want to be surrounded by people that are better than that and that do have an appreciation for other people and appreciation for their um themselves their community and, mm-hmm. and how they're perceived because that perception you know coming from a kind of a moderately small town in ohio mm-hmm. um you know when i i was just back there about a month ago and and when you need something you talk to somebody and you go hey and, you know you don't go out to angie's list or google right. or anything you yeah. go hey what do you think i need a you know cpa right and whoever's at the table you know if you're out having a cold drink or something they'll yeah. say hey you know what you should talk to this guy he's a good guy right, right? or mm-hmm. he's a she's a good lady yeah and they'll take care of you yeah um that's all that that's needed it, yeah and, and yeah. i look at i look at a town like phoenix or any of the large metropolitan areas and i think that that sometimes because of the mints there's so many choices mm-hmm. we get lost and we forget that it is a community and that there are a community of professionals that yep. are out there that are willing to help and put clients forward and, and, and put their needs first. Mm-hmm. And then inversely, we're, we're here to take care of our families. And that's how a community should work, right? Because I'm helping my family and you're helping yours, right? Oh, absolutely. We're all growing together. Yeah. Um, that's the world I want to live in. And, yeah. I, I, and I hope the people that I work with want to do the same thing, which I know they do because yeah. I, I, of the people they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about your business here in the community and whatnot, what is... Um, talking more in like the more current context what is the greatest challenge you're facing in your work these days in this environment and just where you are in your business well the great the greatest challenge that i have is uh, i think that there's some misunderstanding out there as far as home ownership when i I meet a client Mm. they like misconceptions i think think a misconception you know the challenge would be that, that um some people think they can't become a homeowner Sure. Um, that that's not within their reach, or they they don't understand. And I think that the misconception is is they just don't understand that what's possible. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, there you know we went out. We've come out of a time where a lot of people had foreclosures, and there was a, an understanding of that went out into the the ether of the of the, of the culture in America. Yeah. That hey yeah you can buy just because you had a foreclosure or a short sale or something is you know you're not eliminated from the the, the conversation. Right. So I think we're pretty much post that, but 
at the same time, I think there's a group of folks just like the the veteran I talked about earlier. He he just didn't understand. He wanted it, but he eliminated himself. He's like, well, that's never happened. Yeah. And I really haven't had good credit. And he, he understood kind of where he was, um, and and really, you know, needed to talk to somebody that really understood, hey, where you are and what you can do. Mm. Um, I I think the other challenge is is that once you sit down with somebody, I think the only about 10% actually do what you suggest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when right. they, and I heard a doctor friend, you know, he says, you know, I, I, I can tell people what to do, but right. they aren't necessarily going to go exercise. Right. I think that, you know, it's one of those things where if we can work together and if I can convey to everybody out there, if you have a, a family member or somebody that, or yourself that wants to buy a house and they're not sure they should you know call me or call another professional sit down have a conversation have them pull credit report right um if you haven't go to annualcreditreport.com and get a credit report we all as americans get a free credit report um once a year Mm -hmm. from all three bureaus you can go out there and look at your credit see the trade launch you can't see the credit score but um but i mean there's all these other places that will give you a free score that's in the ballpark of what you're going to expect you know you don't have to be completely blind well yeah and that's the thing is i hear you know a lot of folks that's another thing is on the other end you got uh there's this competition to uh, a fico score right now yeah Mm -hmm. and because of all the scoring systems that are out there no one gets 850 is the top credit yeah. score and no one I've never pulled a credit report that got 850 the right. highest I've yeah. ever seen is 826 that's pretty and high wow yeah it's, yeah it's really good yeah. and you know the thing is is that the difference between 780 or 770 and 800 right. or 805 there right. is no different right FICO score is a tool yeah and that's all and right. the difference is if you have good you know decent credit you know 680 or above I would say that there, the, the differences in what your your opportunity is is, is small. Um, as you move farther down in the in the tiers, yep. six six twenty, six forty, you start getting eliminated from programs. Things get more expensive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you, when you get down into the fives, you, there really isn't an opportunity at that yeah. point, and you have to, some work to do. Right. But um, I do find it a challenge when you meet somebody and they say, "Oh, you know, I've got." this company then they are telling me i've got an 802 credit score and you told me 779 right yeah and we're there's a like a, what's wrong with you know what's yeah. wrong with your system yeah. it's like no there's nothing wrong here yeah. this is actually a normal thing it's okay you, you're getting the same deal that you would that right if, otherwise yeah, yeah. 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 Like, and that, knowing that as an advisor as a real estate agent as a broker and all those things that like you know, just because your score went from 765 to 763, it's okay. Yeah. Like, um, there's caveats, there's like, you know, there's benchmarks. If you're above it, it's the same. It doesn't, you know, so like, just talk to the lender. Like, he's going to explain it to you. Like, would it have made sense to do something to get it above 775 or not based on the program he's looking at? Right. Maybe not. Right. You know, then it's irrelevant. But if he's like, yeah, you know what? If he got this above 770, I can get you a break or something. Yeah, and but it, he could yeah. tell but the, you. But the difference, it's kind of like the, the differences between, fine, you know, going out and doing the effort and choosing some company that nobody's ever heard of that right. we have no idea what the experience is going to be like right. and trying to save $10 a month exactly. for yeah. that. Exactly, right. And versus the certainty of using a professional that's been recommended by somebody Someone you know else. and yeah. has a good reputation. Right. And, you know, when I look at the, the FICO score, the, you know, worrying about the one or two points points or those types of things you know I think worrying about the right location working with your agent these things are not important I find that we spend a lot of time talking about them and I understand that you should ask those questions right but but again FICO schools uh, those scores are just a tool that we yeah. use to, to yep. it's an indicator right do you yep. pay your bills on time um, it's sort of a yes or no question yeah, yeah. and we move forward mm-hmm. um, 
it's the, the differences are so small. I mean, it's literally yeah. is a, is it a couple hundred dollars? It might be if, right. if, if you're if you're a seven you know twenty versus an eight hundred. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're, and that's at, at closing. You know, yeah. that's a one time kind of thing. Right. Um, it's not it's not an overwhelming thing. I think we sometimes look at it and we're we're so worried about the micro details yes. and what we. You know the the information that's out there. Again, I pick on doctors, but it you know, the doctors the doctors hate Google, sure, right? I sure. mean, oh, they yeah. really do. Yeah. They, you know, clients come in and they uh, the, the patient comes in and they're you know they, so, you they know, literally could, say, yeah. "Hey, this is what I've got." Yeah, I, I and, consulted Doctor Google and yeah, yeah, know, and I, I think this is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I wish we had a physician here with yeah. us today that they could <laughs> say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah you're we'll, right. have to, we'll have to bring one in just yeah. for you. Oh, they'd, they'd be rolling their eyes and yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the same thing, and I think all of it, and you probably. To hear the same thing, you know. Hey, I, you know, I want to be in this hot stock, and, yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Sure. But you know, it's what's your plan? And then they tell you, we, well, I haven't saved anything. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so, and it's all about perspective. Right. You know? yeah. The the last thing, as far as what I see, that's the, that's the hardest thing. It it is. I there are a lot of clients out there that I they can get a loan, but they literally don't have five dollars after the closing. Yep. Yeah, they're just I, cash I don't poor, know who, like house poor. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how they're. I don't know how they're buying the pizza. And the pizza. Right. Yeah. And house poor clients are the hardest ones for me to personally want to work with because I don't want to get them into that situation. Well, like I mean, they want the house, but I also feel bad if I'm helping them get into that home that they want, and I know what their situation is going to be like afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and I think that's where an advisor role mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Exactly. Because it does. having that investment advisor background, like. To me, the first thing that comes in the back of my mind, because it's just programmed in me, is risk management. Yep. Before anything else. Right. So with that kind of context, I always I always approach it in the way like, okay, if you go through this scenario, you come out the other end, you have three flat tires in the next two years, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. But if correct. we do if we do this scenario, you have more cash in your pocket. It's a little expensive on the monthly, but your break even on that decision is eight years down the road. Mm-hmm. But at least you got five grand in the bank. So if something crazy happens, you have that. Right. You know, so like having oh, yeah. those risk management conversations with a client is very important because it doesn't mean interest rate at that point. It means how do we create a deal where you come out with the best the best scenario coming out so you can manage more risk when you're coming out. Well, and I, I oh, think yeah. that the reason I bring that up is I, I think it's an important thing to convey. And I, I wish a, a lot more people would would understand that. Right? Yeah. Talk to an advisor, talk to somebody you know that that's, you know, managing their money. Right. Yeah. Because the extra, you know, I see clients, you know, cuz I get the documentation. I look for 401k's and things like that, right. or non-401k's and they right. yeah. see the companies they work for and I am guessing that they get they have a match or something that can occur. Yeah. And they're not participating. We have no reserves. Um, not that you, you know, I'm sure you wouldn't advise your clients to use your 401k as <laughs> no, your reserve no. fund, but yeah. at the same yeah. time, um, it is one of those things where we're we're missing out and so meeting talking to an investment advisor i i think on my end you know my uh responsibility especially under the law i'm here to extend try to extend credit to every single person regardless of who they are where they come from right yeah um if i have an opportunity to lend money i'm supposed to do it right yes. um there comes to a point where it's you know if it can be done it can be done and yes. i guess that's where the fine line of you, the, the collaboration not, is important yeah, your yeah. loan officer yeah. is not going to say no to yes. you because that's not really the role the yes. underwriter actually is the one that approves the loan yes right? or no yeah um but the the flip side of it is you know i wouldn't want to say no to the client or no to the agent because again we want to sell the person a home but at the same time when you look at it it's it 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 is one of those things that can be readily remedied by by 
putting together a budget, working through saving a few dollars. Yeah, uh, and there's, there's I mean, even learning just a, about investments and, and talking sure. to the professionals that, that and, know this stuff. And just writing the contract yeah. in a different way. I mean, you can always ask for certain things in the contract to help out your client with oh, closing costs. Very good point. So right, that's, like, that's just another way around it. You know, there's, there's so many different things you can do to set your client up and having that kind of conversation and having the, almost like the confidence to have that to lose mm-hmm. the deal. Because I'm putting you in a better situation than just a transactional agent. Look, oh, yeah. look, I'll say everything you want, and I could, to get my commission here. But I'm going to tell you a few things that you should be aware of. So then at least you're like, oh, that wasn't, I'm not blindsided. Yeah. Well, and that's the education yeah. of it. And that's why right. I wanted to bring that up. Because that is one of the biggest things. You know, as you, as I've been doing this all these years, you yeah. see it. Oh, right? you see and it, it yeah. and, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, and especially, you know, back in the day, right? We, I mean, I knew that that was what was going to happen yes. was coming up. I yes. wish I would, wish if you, know, you knew exactly knowledge. when that was, a billion I, would be a, yeah. I would, I would be a billionaire yeah, today yeah, because yeah. I literally yes. looked at it and said, yeah, and I was out with a friend of mine who had right. nothing to do with mortgages. And he's, this is another person. Yeah. We're in the middle of nowhere. I, I like, I'm an outdoorsman. So yeah. I enjoy the outdoors. You're from the Midwest. So I it's hike kinda, and yeah, I, yeah, 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 and, other yeah. Things. <laughs> and the thing is, is that he, he said to me, he's a, he was a packaging guy. He's sold packaging and was a packaging engineer. And he said to me, the average person, person should be able to afford the average house. And I'm like, that's an interesting thing. And he's mm-hmm. exactly right. The in any marketplace, the average income. Oh yeah. When I said average person, the yeah. average income, being able to afford the average house is really the what is that balance that equilibrium. Yeah. And that and that was and we yeah. were so far on the other oh, yeah. side of it. Yeah. Um, I mean that, that, that was, that was a million dollar that was a billion dollar question because yeah. you know at the time I was with Merrill Lynch. And I had two simple questions in my simple advisor mind because I was like one of the new guys, right? You know, I, I'm not managing a hundred million. You know, I've got a smaller book than that, and I'm just listening to. I'm just a fly on the wall, mm-hmm, right? right? And the two questions I had is, I'm like, okay, housing is going up insane. You know, back in the day, you, you're you're paying premiums to be in a lottery to have a chance to bid on a piece of land to build on. Like right. it was just insane, oh, yeah. right? So like that environment, saying okay housing is going up in value X amount every month. Mm. How much is income going up? Close to zero. Right. It's like, okay, well, th- there's your ticking time bomb. Mm. And the question is when, right? Right. right. So like, as soon as you, you look at those two lines and you're like, okay, that's not going to work out for very long, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it's just a matter of when. Yeah. Right. So. And I, I've seen that. And I think that the, the, what gives me hope about the current marketplace is, is yeah, we are qualifying some people occasionally that, that are stretching it a little yes. bit. And hopefully yes. you got family member in that kind of, just to book in that conversation. But yes. the, there are market, we have, I don't think I've faced this here locally in, in Phoenix, but uh, in other markets that I've, I've lent in, I can lend in 43 states right now. Um, in some of the other markets that I've lent in that were kind of in that, ex, that were approaching that exuberance. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an agent friend of mine that that uh, in one weekend she sold three houses and uh, she was sitting a house, sold it, was on the listing buying side. I mean, right. she's fairly new to the business and said the, the the famous words, "Well, this is great. I don't know why everybody doesn't do this, right? <laughs> you know, it's like like it's going to go on." Forever. It's like, oh yeah. no, like, don't say that. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is, is that it's it's pulled back. I mean, it's reality has come back to that marketplace, right? And um, I, their homes are still being sold. People are still buying homes. Yeah. But but the it's kind of leveled out because. The loans I the the ones that I had done over there, um, we were approaching the high end of the debt incomes, and yeah. I was kind of looking at the income. Yeah. I was kind of looking at the market, and we'd read about what was going on. It was in California, right? And uh, it's kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, and that's 
actually healthy. I know everybody doesn't like that, and yeah. we all want our homes to appreciate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. When you hear this, Chad, you know, oh, I want yeah. my home to appreciate you know twenty percent or my investments. Yeah. Why can't we always have twenty nineteen? Yeah, exactly. Um, what was the mark S and P up last year? Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Man, I, I don't know exactly. Good, good it, it was up 20, Good thing we can yeah, it was like, 20, it's like 25. I remember because like our approach to the market is like our clients are walking away with say like you know maybe nine or ten percent, while the hedge funds across the road are like knocking it out of the park at eighteen yeah. percent. But we have a certain approach, right? Yeah. right? So it's like, hey, man, I know when things go bad, that's when I'm going to be the hero. But this is how we do it because of that, right. you know, and like. It's like a I'm like a broken record sometimes, but risk management is my first thing go to thing in everything I do. You right. know, so and that's the context I think of people mm-hmm. in. You know, like um, one of the one of the examples I always give is, um, you know, hey, if we do this scenario, you're going to be cash poor, you know, and you got no money in the bank, but you got the house you wanted, and your rates like slightly lower because you wanted it that low. Right. But if you don't buy down the rate like that. And you keep 15k in the bank, your payment's going to be up 30 bucks a month. Yeah, right. right. And I, and what I try to tell people is, and it's kind of a weird way to pitch it to them, but I'm like, okay, so if shit hits the fan in your situation, mm-hmm. are you going to look back and say, man, if only my mortgage was 30 dollars a month cheaper, my life would have been perfect? No, it's going to be like, man, if I didn't have that 10,000 dollar crazy ex- medical expense, I would have been okay. Right. Those are the conversations you're going to have. Yep. It's not going to be because your mortgage was $10 cheaper that your life would have been great. But because of that $10, I lost everything. Well, and that's a, that's you know? really that's interesting you say that because that's a really important concept. Right. Because I've looked at every loan, and I, I, we often hear it when, we, when the advertisements start coming on when the, when the marketplace really drops, right? Yes. So when the interest rates, if interest rates were to go to 3% right now right. The, on the long-term interest rates, yeah. Um, we would start hearing advertisements, right? And those advertisements would talk about no no cost loans and things right. of that nature. Yeah. And in reality, all they're doing is raising the interest rate to cover the fees, right? Sure. There's no free lunch yeah, to, exactly. in, in the mortgage business or yeah. any other business for that matter. Um, some, it has to get paid. So there, there are fixed fees that are associated with every real estate transaction in the United States. Right. And the interest rate, those fees could be covered by raising the interest rate a little bit. Sure. And if, if every single client actually would do a no cost option on every single loan. Right. Every time the interest rate dropped a quarter of a percent, you actually could drop with it. Yes. But it's the first, and this is the, the behavior, the psychology, the cocktail party. Right. Not being able to say you have the lowest interest rate, you'd have to say, you know, on today's rate, say it was four and a half percent versus right. get telling somebody you got three point nine. Right. So four and a half percent would be your rate, but but the lender would come in and pay all your fees. Yes. If rates drop to four percent with no no costs. Right. Then you would refinance and you wouldn't have a problem. But right. if, if you paid fees or you paid discount points to discount that rate from four and a half to three and a half, it'll never make sense to do it. No. You, you're not going to capture your money. No, no way. The, the recapture becomes longer and longer and longer, and, and the opportunity is just isn't there. And like you said, you may need that money for something else. Now, sure. I've had clients, I had one client actually pay four points one time. Right. And wow. I'm, that is yeah, insane. I like that, okay. I like that reaction. Yeah. That is insane. It, rates were in the mid sixes and they went to in town to six six or five and three quarters okay wow and they refinanced wow and it was only a year later and there's no way that they made money and, and the thing is that in that situation the client did not want to hear that it wasn't a good decision i you know it was one of those things where they said i absolutely want to do this i want to put this money into it and at that point 
they've made a decision. We've done right. the numbers, and yep. they, they're taking the risk. Sure. You know, eventually, I would say if you stayed in a loan, and, like you said, yeah. and you disc, you reduce the payment by thirty dollars. Yeah. Yes, you're eventually you're going to eat away at whatever you gave the lender. Yeah. Right. Over time. Yeah, but that, yeah, like, but the break even on that decision is like fifteen years of right. payments. So exactly. after fifteen years, you can wake up in the morning with your coffee and be like. Now it's paying off. Yep. You know what I mean? Like when you think of it in that context, I'm like, what could you do more with that money? What if it just sat there as an emergency fund? Mm-hmm. What like right. all those different scenarios? Like my job is to say, please think through that. I, I want to bring it to your attention. So you're not like, man, no one told this to me. Yeah. As long as you say, you know what? I didn't think of that. That's good to keep in mind. I did right. my job. After that, it's your decision. Right. Yeah. Everybody. And the thing is, those decisions sometimes you're going to be right, right. Right. If you were in a house for 20 years and you didn't change, you didn't refinance oh, your loan and yeah. you just paid it. Yeah. Yeah. You made a great decision. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. great. You know, right. but the, I'm with you. It's it. You know, the, the, there's other things you could do. Yeah. With but money. then we jump back to what is the average time people spend in a house? Right. Seven right. to eight years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's never worth it you know, unless you're it, staying there. It's not. I I do look for the you know. And if it's minute, if it's minute. Where, where, like, you know, where it mostly yeah. shows up is that people pick that middle ground. There's always that that mm. little bit. Even though they, you know, I could never convince anybody. I to, they they rarely ever like, convince anybody to do. They want to feel like they're winning. Well, I have to use myself as the example. I, I, it, it's hard, right? You're, you're, get, you're doing the mortgage loan. You're like, well, the costs are this, and the rates this, and I'll just pay some of the. Clo- I'll pay the closing costs. So, right. and I won't pay any points. But at the same time, because. It's just the idea of it. It's it's, a, yeah. it's it's almost like a core thing that goes down to the decision. It's not a bad decision. Yeah. It's just that you're looking for that middle ground. Yeah. But in reality, look, doing the math. Yeah. You start high. Have the lender yeah. pay the cost. Oh, yeah. Money, the money's cheap. Roll it in. You know, yeah. like, as much as yeah. you can bite, right now. Bite the bullet yeah. the first yeah. time pocket, and move on. Pocket what you can. Yeah. Yeah. No. A, a similar scenario I come across a lot of times, and I, I think I kind of get this with our generation mm-hmm. and younger, too. They're very fixated on paying off their mortgage yeah fast yes so they they get very and i don't know if it's like a generational thing like a, a, my sample size is i don't know like well, a I, thousand i think i think <laughs> you it know, honestly goes point. back to yeah. 2008 with our generation well yeah, i know it's just that like that programming the, like yeah. i gotta pay it off so you get where you're so worried about the potential of losing it because yes. of something happening that you want to get out of it right well so, i i think it, it just a it's the crash generation yes. so you guys yeah. are the next generation behind yeah. me yeah. we're on the <laughs> podcast here yeah. but at the same time I grew up with uh, a lot of people. I started working with people that actually were, were uh, at a, grew up out of the Depression. Right. So anybody that was in their formative years were in the 30s. Right. And they had the same kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think you're, what you're talking about is actually really true. It's mm-hmm. that you know you come up out of the crash and you say, geez, you know what? Borrowing money is not a good thing. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that's – I would love to see the stats on that because I yeah, believe that's the case. Because, you know, what? Yeah. for a lot of people, like when it came to their primary residence and everything else, what got them to lose their house wasn't – the fact that the housing value went down 60%, which is insane. Yeah. But that's on paper. But what, what, what made them lose their house was cash flow. Yep. And what, what I try to, and that's the conversation we kind of have with our generation and then going into the younger one is they get really fixated on like, you know what, I'm going to do a 15 year loan. Yeah. I hear that. You know what I mean? So like, so I can pay it off quicker and all this stuff. And I try to show them, I'm like, okay, if you want to do that, that's great. But here's a couple of ways to look at it. And maybe you can attest to this, and I'd love your feedback on this, but the type of things I try to describe is, okay, the difference between a 30-year and a 15-year, actually right now probably the rates are very similar right now. Typically, I think historically is... 3.1, I think is where it's at. Well, no, I... I, 
Normally, Normally it's, it's about a quarter of a percent. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, when I look at the rate sheet, it's a quarter of a percent. Some, and the, there are fluctuations. Yeah. I, I don't know they're, they're the so secondary close market right now that, but Say it's three-eighths, but yeah. still, to your point. Right. And, yeah. then, and then on top of that, then I'm like, okay, so you want to pay it off early. That's great. Yeah. But there's something called an effective interest rate. So why in the world are you going to obligate yourself to pay twice as much every month? Otherwise, you lose the house. Why don't you just do the 30-year and just pay principal every month? Yeah. So if there ever comes a time where, oh, my God, I have a family crisis, I need money, you're not obligated to pay this. Otherwise, get out of the house. Right. So it's like, again, a risk management tool. Mm-hmm. Like If you want to pay it off early, you can do that with a 30-year, but you can accomplish that, and your effective interest rate is going to be much lower because you're paying it off early. You're not going to see it on the paper. You know, It's not going to be the cocktail party discussion, yeah. but you're going to pay less in interest and effectively accomplish the same thing. But if, you, if you're locked into a 15-year and your payment is almost double every month, that's your reality. Like, you have to pay that. That's correct. And right. I, it's, I have a great example of that. Uh-huh. So working for this large institution I work for, I'm a retiree of that company. <laughs> I won't name them. But, uh, Should but I name them? I'm still a client. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm still a client yeah. of them. But yeah. uh, for the podcast, we won't name them. But... Um, I was taking calls during, right. uh, during the height of the mortgage crisis, and uh, this is say 2011, beginning mm-hmm. of 2011, and a client called in, and they were desperate. They were two uh, highly paid professionals mm-hmm. that are, you know, not doctor, lawyer, physician, they some other job. I can't remember what it was, but they they definitely were people that had it together, right? Right. Right. Both of them lost their jobs at the same time. Right. Different companies. Yep. Yeah. And. They were in a. They had just refinanced into a fifteen a couple mm. years earlier. Yeah, and they. He literally said to me, "I'll never forget this." He said to me, "It's crushing us. I don't know what to do. I wish," and that was the key thing. I wish I would have. We wouldn't have this. I feel like I could make the payment at a thirty year. I feel like I have the reserves, but it's sap. It's that extra principal yeah. was yep. zapping him. Yep. And it was zapping their reserves that they had built up. Yep. And so they had this unexpected life event. They didn't know, I would assume, that they didn't know, that they knew they were going to get jobs again, but they weren't sure, right? We, at the time, it was it just seemed like the cl- yeah, we were yeah. on the cliff yeah, and it was never going to end, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, little did we know that property values would rise and we'd be back basically where we were before in yeah, a lot of neighborhoods. I think we're still about 20% lower than we were. We're still lower overall? Well, okay. it, it's, yeah. it's interesting because, you know, you hit, read the headlines like, oh, we're – we're getting there. We're yeah. recovering and this and that. But Phoenix has been weird, at least from my experience. It's recovered, but it's fragmented. Yeah, so it, it depends yeah, on where you're point. looking. Yeah. You know, like yeah. um, some places are pre-08 and it's scary, and some places are not even close. Yeah. I, I, it is fragmented. Yeah. You're right. Oh, I, absolutely. I would say that the area that I live in is would has not recovered, actually, right. from what I think it was Back in time. the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but to get back to the 15-year, yeah. that 15-year payment is relentless, and it will come after you every single month. Oh, yeah. And the the it, to me, I've always equated it to like a credit card payment. Yeah. I don't recommend anybody carry credit card interest, right. but at the same time, if the, the they offer a minimum payment, right. right? When you have a credit card, right. and so say you did have that life event, and yes. unfortunately you had to put something on a credit card, right. they're not going to ask you for five hundred dollars because you borrowed two thousand dollars for right. your vacation. Exactly. Um, it, the minimum payment is going to be twenty five, fifty dollars, or something, whatever the yeah. agreed upon amount is, and you're going to make that payment and hopefully you'll pay it off, you know, when you get a chance in right. full. Um, the mortgage payment can be the same way. So that benefit of the extra quarter percent, three, even if a half a percent, a percent or whatever it is, right. when you start doing the math, 
you can always make the payment extra payments on the 30 year and get aggressive on it one of the one of the little tricks that was out there and and this is back the mortgage crap it's been around forever these ideas what's old is new and new is old exactly um is the idea of the accelerated or bi-weekly payments. Right. And that's something that's kind of subsided here recently. Right. I haven't heard a lot about it. Right. I haven't had anybody ask me about it, but it's going to come back. Yeah. And where um, you, you, you basically accelerate the payments by making extra payments and have it apply to principal earlier. Yes. And yep. most servicers won't participate in this. Not and that's right one of the reasons yeah. why it, yeah. hasn't, it hasn't really gotten a, uh, on right now. That drives me nuts, though, man. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, just because they don't have the system for it doesn't mean you can't pay principal early. Like, yep. you can right. do it. So you, know? you can still do it. And so the, what I've said is that the old rule that's out there is is that you, you take your 12 payments, right? You take a payment and you divide it by 12. Mm-hmm. And then that amount, or you divide that amount by 12, so that's a small amount. You know, say it's $50 extra each month. And you add that $50 to the very first payment $50 the next payment, $50 the next payment. And so what happens is is that when you add that that 13th payment a year is what ends up happening, you accelerate the the payoff of the loan down to 22 or 23 right. years. Yeah. Right. There's calculators out yeah, there that so, you yeah. can use yeah. that can calculate all this. But that generally speaking, it's 22 to 23 years. So if you want to accelerate it even faster, you can do that. So yeah. The idea that you would want to do a 15-year, and I've done a lot of 15-year loans over the course of my career. Right. But at the same time, it's not something that I think that the average person stepping back, and again, the, the interest rate and the loan is a tool, right? Yes. It's a tool to, to, to get you to where you want to be. Right. And putting yourself into that 15-year, yes, it can help you, but put a little insurance yeah. on you. I, yeah. I'm not an insurance. I mean, I, I always say, <laughs> don't, said Justin I'm like, here, but I'm not an insurance I'm guy. Like, but. Don't obligate yourself to be ambitious. You know, like be ambitious right. when you want to be. Exactly. You know? right. like, yeah. You know, and the thing is, is that if you're not, I think you would, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but you know, you look at somebody and you're like, wow, you're paying your loan down, but you're not doing your 401k match. Right. You know, right. What, why don't we start there? Sure. Well, you don't have a, an emergency sure. fund, right? I think right. that, advising you know there's i think that predictable debt is the is the best thing to have right because you know what it's going to be yeah. there's no change there's no difference this is it 1500 a month as long as i can make that i have a roof over my head outside of that it's gravy you know but if you have that fluctuation then you don't know right and, and the thing is is that yeah it can it can force you into it you get a yeah. little bit of it and it's oh, yeah. it is the difference there there's one thing out there uh when it comes to like refinances all these things i've come across yeah and, they have themes for and it, I've always said that there's the the decision from from a customer's point of view of is the lo- is the loan an investment decision right yeah or it, is it a need yes. I have home or should mm-hmm. it be need I I back in again with this large company I worked for I had the right after the crash and we were doing the harp loans yep I had clients call in and they would say I, I'm having you know I'd ask them you know what, what's going on and they're like I'm having trouble you know getting you know, paying for food, yeah, uh, oh, medicine, yeah. you know, things of that nature, and it was like, and then they're talking to me about doing a fifteen-year. Oh, geez, it's oh, like, no. no, 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 no. We, let's, you know, I understand you want to pay off your house yes. and that you, you've entered into retirement and things. It might be up, be a great opportunity for you to to go back out to a thirty-year fix, yes. and you can pay extra payments. Get that payment as low as you can, mm-hmm. so that you can adjust into your budget. Now, yep. well, I'm not an investment advisor, right. and I don't. I would always refer to somebody who's, right, you know, I'm not right. selling any securities yeah, here, but yeah. these are just basic money management sure. functions yeah. based on the well, fact that, you just, know. Just to touch more on that, yeah. even if, like, say, the 30-year still doesn't work for them, they're still house poor, 
that's when you know we start reaching out for like reverse mortgages and things like that to see if there's other ways Great that point. we can help them. Yeah, right. yep. right. there are a lot of tools out there, and, and there are some pluses and minuses to reverse mortgages. Yeah. It's a great product for the folks that really need them. Again, it comes down to, I hear people say things, and I'm sure you hear this as well, you know, annuities are horrible. Nobody should ever have an annuity. I'm sure you could probably tell us a story that, you know, or know perfect. of a client that it, really it, needs oh, yeah. an annuity. Like, it's, such, it's such a cliche thing to say, you know, because you hear it all the time, like, well, it depends on the person. Like, I hate saying that. Like, it, 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 I cringe when I say that, but, but it's, it's so true, so true it's, with, yeah. when it comes to financing. It depends on the person's particular situation, what their outlook is, what mm-hmm. their risk is in the next five, ten years. You can get a rough idea of what kind of stuff would be appropriate for this person. Mm-hmm. And just having that conversation is huge value, even if we don't do business. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, I, I have a lot of people, we have those conversations, and we walk away, and I didn't get paid a dime. But then yeah. three years later, they come back and say, hey, you know what? I'm ready to buy a house. I remember you invested all that time in me, and let's do it. Yeah, I've yeah. had the same thing. Yes. Education yeah. is so important. Oh, yeah. And that's what people take for granted a lot yeah. of the times. They, but don't, that, they don't understand that. that's the that. community aspect that we talked about and, being, right. and, and seeing other people as being connected to one another. It, you know, we all talk about that, and we all, you know, I think there's a lot of times we think everything is divided. And, yeah. You no, know, in reality, we, you know, I, mm-hmm. somebody the other day told me, you know, like, well, you're an American optimist. And yeah. I'm like, you're darn right. I'm a world optimist. I, I want to see the world be a better place. I want to right. I want to try to make a positive impact on everybody. And, you know, I may not, you know, share the views of somebody that, that's different than me. But you know what? I can find common ground to say right. I share the same values. I, I mm-hmm. want I want to see the world be a better place. Right. And uh, I want to see people be productive and I want to see America grow and, and be an influence that's important to all of us. Sure. Um, and so I, I look at what we do, the home ownership. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it, it really has like it's a 30-year fixed yeah it's uh it, it, it is an american institution right? right i mean it is something that's a part of what we have and we, i i revel in that because i think it is something that makes us unique and and it is an important tool that we can all use you know the, the there's a reason the 40-year fixed isn't there because i think that you get out to a certain point where maybe it doesn't make sense right right, right. So we can't oh, do yeah. 40 year right I mean, now. if we get our life expectancy above of 100 maybe <laughs> right. you know, and i think yeah. there's a debate out yeah, there yeah, i mean yeah. there's 100 year bonds and things of that nature i think the british have bonds back there oh, yeah. to 1550 or right. something but the you know where we are you know there are people that really want a 15 year and that's fine they can, yeah. they can have it. it's sure. an investment decision you know they're sitting on tr- tremendous reserves and, yeah. and i think that's great you know the other side of it is like i said it's there's there's reverse mortgages there's the opportunity to do a 30-year fixed have yeah. a payment that fits your you know that's it's a fixed payment these are installment payments yeah. um there's opportunities for you know the insurance there's not much we can do about because i think that I, I have clients that come up and they say my payment changed you told me it was a fixed rate yeah well, you know, your taxes are going to property adjust. taxes yeah. went up. Your insurance yeah. is going it was to. It's a new development. No one was there. Turns you're out thir- now you're, you're in an 30, HOA. You're yeah. a thirty-year fixed rate. Yeah, the HOA. Yeah. You know, those things <laughs> looks are going... like they actually gated your neighborhood. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. And those those types of things, you know, talk. That's again why I I would love clients talking to a real yeah. know, a loan officer right. that's local that you can come yeah. down if you really. That's the one thing I've always told my clients. Look, if, if you're really nervous, if you, the thing about uh, you know taking a higher rate, you know, because you've got a house you're going to sell and it's going to be a, sh- a shorter term loan, right? I generally try to get those folks, fa- you know, to meet with me face to face, right? Because yeah. I think those types of conversations need to be had, yeah, at, at that level where yes. you can say, "Look, this is where we are. We can sit down and look at the numbers again. The math will speak for itself, exactly, and help make the decision mm-hmm. that's a rational decision that's not based on emotion yeah. or what my personal needs are, because what I want is Irregardless, I mean, I may right. think it's you know we've talked a lot about a great some lot of great ideas here yeah. Yeah. today, but at the same time, 
if you're the consumer and you do not understand that, right. you should, probably should ask a lot more questions oh, yeah. yes. and make sure that you do understand right. what, you're, what you're buying what you're, and what you're getting into. Exactly. Read the documents. I have clients that say, oh, geez, how does anybody read that stuff? You know what? We the One documents are there. It's yeah. Just just read a few, scan through them. Walk. You know, have if the loan officer is not willing to walk through, or your real estate agent is not willing to walk through the contract with you, right? Or, or the investment advisor. Yep. Walk through some of the stuff. I'm sure you don't want to sit down and read through prospectus, right. but at the same yeah. time, there are important documents uh-huh. where you can say, you know what. This one's, you know, this is just what it is. Yeah. And then go to the next, yeah. the next one. Of course. If you feel like you need that, I think that that as that's part of the service that that uh, anybody that cares about their clients yeah. should provide to them. All right. So that was a great interview, Alex Pfeiffer. Yeah, Alex Pfeiffer with Guardian Mortgage. Yeah, he was. Uh, that was an interesting one because you know he's he really knows his industry, but he comes with a lot of past experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, just the way he talks about life in general and his business you can tell he's done other things Mm -hmm. you know i i found that really like i don't know having that kind of a seasoned approach and kind of a seasoned tone of voice when you're seeking advice or working with someone i think that would be a huge value to a lot of people yeah especially with uh you know the mortgage industry and the lending market because it's it's so flooded with everything right everyone really thinks all about the rate and that's the main thing they think about but a lot of times they don't think about the customer service that goes along with that right and just the simple ability to close on time, um, which is a huge, huge point in our industry because there's so many deals that can fall through right? because the lender didn't close on the time that they were supposed to. Yeah. So they couldn't deliver the deal. No, that's, that's really important. And yeah, I mean, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. I was, the thing that struck me about him was just his, I guess his like general confidence and just the way he he comes off very seasoned in what he does, and it's very apparent when you start talking about what he's doing. Um, but just you know, I, I think he has he has a really calm and approachable personality. Yeah, and the thing I like about Alex because I've known him for a little while now is he's like you said he's very seasoned. He knows what he's doing, what he's talking about, but he also has ideas to think outside of the box and come up with new ways to help people. Right, and he's just so personable. I know for here in like the Phoenix area market. He will drive to somebody's house right. if they want that hands-on, go through everything approach. Really, you know, like explain it to you. I've had some first-time home buyers that he worked with went to their apartment, right? And he lives like maybe an hour away from where they were. No problem. He drove over to their house after they got home at night. He's always available, which is the best thing I like about Alex. He answers his phone no matter what, right? And if he doesn't answer, he usually texts me back or calls me as soon as possible. And he is just on the ball for everything and just cares so much about people and wanting to help along with that seasoned aspect and knowing the ins and outs of just the industry. Right. Um, I think his background just helps so much. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found this episode valuable and engaging. Through listening to this episode, if you had any question or comment you wanted to share with us, even one for our guest, here's what you can do. You can either go to our website by following the link in the show notes to record your question or comment directly, or email us a recorded voice note with your comment or question, and you could be featured in an upcoming episode. And if your question is for our guest, we will do our very best to have it answered by them personally. If you'd like to connect to our guest directly, their information will also be in the show notes. So thanks again for tuning in with your support. Until next time, I'm your host, Chad. And I'm your host, Ramnik.